Welcome to Education Suspended, a podcast focused on exploring, engaging, and dialoguing with those in education who are passionate about changing the status quo and evolving the archaic system we have inherited. Hello, everyone. Jessica Pfeiffer here, one of the hosts of Education Suspended. Excited to have you present for our second Reflective Association session. So if you missed our first one, what we do is that after every four episodes, Steve and I and Jamie just take some time to reflect uh, and just to consolidate all the information that we've gained uh, in in those four interviews. So this is going to be reflection on episode six, seven, eight, nine, which are just awesome episodes. Um, Also... Jamie was not present for this one. She was on the beach in Hawaii and we were tremendously jealous, but she's having a great time at home with her family. And we're so glad that she was able to finally get home. I think it had been about two years. Um, so she deserved this hardcore. She did so much great stuff for us and has had uh, quite the year. So thanks, Jamie, for all you do. All right, y'all, enjoy our reflective dissociation. Um, we announce who wins the backpack on this episode so stay tuned for that and you know I know we've said it a couple times but please it it means a lot honestly if you can take a moment um, and to write a review wherever you listen to podcasts it really helps to spread the word and and you are helping already right we we hit 2,000 listens last week which just was mind-boggling and so amazing um, but if you have not already, please, it means the world to us. Just write a review. Let us know what you think. It helps us get us out, get it out there to all those in the world of education. Um, okay. Make sure you all taking care of yourselves. Here's Education Suspended, our Reflective Dissociation Session. Welcome, everyone, to our second Reflective Dissociation Session. Steve and I are feeling both a little, I don't want to say, we wouldn't say uncomfortable, but but the the, bond, the boss isn't here. I, I I'm out of my element. I know I, we're we're both out of our element. And, and Jamie's on the beach in Hawaii. Or what? On the beach in Hawaii. Oh, Hawaii. Yeah. Living well, her best self. I asked her girlfriend Katie if she wanted to join us today, and she goes, "No, thank you." And then I asked my wife Krista if she wanted to, to join us, in which she admitted that she hasn't listened to the, all the episodes, so that was fun. And then she said, well, I could talk about the book Dune because that's what she's listening to. But <laughs> maybe next time. And so there's that. Next, and there's yeah. that. So you're, you're stuck with just Steve and I today. Um, okay, so let's, uh, we're going to get to the reason that everyone's listening, which is the announcement of who won the Green Topo uh, Backpack. Um, who, and so, all, you know, just remember you had to comment on Dr. Perry's uh, story on Instagram. You had to post the story and then tag Intricate Roots, and you had to leave a review. So you had to do a lot of stuff. Uh, but we are grateful for everyone that did that. And we drew, there's this fancy app on the iPhone. I don't know how you use it, but Katie did it for us. And Courtney is the lucky winner. And I actually used to work with Courtney a couple of years ago. Um, and now she lives out on the East Coast. So Courtney, you have won yourself a Topo backpack. Oh, I, I want to congratulate. I wish I knew Courtney. It's pretty cool. I want to. I want to congratulate Courtney. Yeah. And Grainer, here's the here's the real fun news. And I I uh, 
Boy, I'm a bad friend. I, I should have called you first and foremost when we got the statistic last week, but we uh, topped 2,000 listens. I know. <laughs> That shocks me. Isn't that crazy? Okay, it almost scares me. Don't don't be scared. I, I'll try not to. Okay. It's awesome. So we ordered um, limited edition Yetis with the education suspended logo on it. And so for those of you that um, messaged us, they have been ordered and we will ship them out soon. Um, but anyway, we have got... Um, a lot of episodes to kind of reflect on and we don't have all day, which I feel like we could actually talk all day about these. They were so good. Well, right. You know, and two of them were childhood friends. Yeah. Which is, which, yeah. In, which was really fun for us. Yeah, absolutely. So for episode uh, number six, right. That was with Bucky and Bucky was the teacher. Um, out of Minneapolis, right, right near Stomping Grounds, Grainer, and I really liked his episode. I think I have to, I, and I, ha, and maybe you can kind of fill me in on your thoughts of this, Grainer. Um, I actually, after we recorded that, I had a lot of anxiety um, because, at, because at one point in the interview, I made a comment about you know when we first asked Bucky to be on our podcast. He, he said, I'm not a traditional teacher. And I go, oh, well, that might be better. And I just, and, and I know I talked about it a little bit on the intro, but I, I, I thought about it a lot. I just didn't want teachers to feel like I was saying something negative about their training um, because he doesn't have traditional teacher training. Right. But I don't know. I, I, I thought about that quite a bit. You know, I, I think back to, but I actually tried to go visit Bucky, but we just couldn't work it out. Um, oh. It's going to happen, though. I'm going yeah. to go go down and see his school. But uh, yeah, Bucky, he's a well, first of all, he's just not a traditional. He's not a traditional guy. Um, and it wouldn't. No, I don't think you were disparaging of traditional education yeah. that that any of us teachers received. Um, you know, I, I say one thing about teacher education is most of it happens when you're and, and this is not to I love my college experience. I went to the University of Sioux Falls. I thought I, I learned, you know, I thought I had great folks helping, but you really learn so much on the job. And it, yeah. it, teaching is an experiential learning, you know, you have to be in the field to to really learn it. I mean, I, I felt foundationally strong and I, and, and yet it was really on the field that you learn it. And I think Bucky, Bucky's just, he's a man of the field. He's a man of yeah. the nature. He's a He's an eagle guy. Yeah. Oh, that eagle example was phenomenal. I loved it. The not labeling the behavior, just describing. I love that. And I, I don't know. I do. I do think. I think sometimes not maybe having the traditional training, it might he he might feel more a, a sense of safety to think outside the box for things to do with his kids. You know, I think. And I don't know for you if it was, you know, with the traditional training, is it harder to kind of break that and say, no, I'm actually going to do things different? Uh, it's, no, you know. Jessica, it's really an individual thing. And I uh, and I can only speak for myself on that. But I love, again, I said I love the foundation, but I really wanted to be creative in the classroom. And I wanted to think outside the box. And I think a, lo a lot of teachers do. 
I, I hope they still do. Oh, absolutely. Here's what I feel sad about, though. I think the box is smaller and tighter than it used to be. That's fair. Which, which maybe surprises people, but I think there's more... 20 years ago, there might have been more freedom of self-expression as a teacher than there is now. Because, and we've talked about on this podcast before, when education sort of took on the business model and very data-driven and very results-oriented, it, it scared people away from creative teaching. Yeah. Now, clearly, Bucky is not afraid of that. Yeah. And, and I think that's why he works with non-traditional kids. Yep. Absolutely. I think that's that's true, Grainer. And I think the other piece that was that really stood out about Bucky's interview and just his essentially his partnership, his utilization of kind of the environment that surrounds him is nature. And he had at one point in the in the podcast, he said, you know, if we can't, you know, be connected to our natural world, um, it's going to be really hard to be connected to each other. And I just thought that was so that's a powerful statement. That that's a powerful statement. And, and a that's another frontier to me that we need to explore way more in education. It, you know, and, and we've hashed that over a bit, but we need to get the classroom outdoors more than ever before. Yeah. Our kids yeah. need to feel that connection. When I'm I'm reading any article you want about higher suicide rates and higher levels of anxiety and people kind of blaming social media for, for part of that. I, I'm not here to talk about that. I just know the antidote to, to phones and too much, too much watching and is, is getting out. And yeah. I would say in the pandemic, nature was uh, one of my most important healers of getting through this year. And we will uh, have wasted an opportunity, I think, if we don't get the classroom more experiential. This is is a Bucky thing. Yep. That it's more experiential and it's more out of doors. And I think that's gonna be healing for a lot of kids who, who desperately need that, but haven't experienced it enough. Absolutely. Well, and it's, it's interesting. It's a very natural segue into episode number seven, which was with Leisha, right? And she's the director of the downtown Denver Expeditionary School. But here is a school in the middle of a city that that is intentional about getting their kids outdoors, right? You would, it would be easy yeah. to make numerous ex- excuses about their location. They go on camping trips. They, they are going to parks. They, they don't make any excuses because they also know you know, the value of regulation. Um, so I, I, it's interesting that they just kind of align that with their philosophy and they make it happen. Yeah. And it's there. Well, they live up to their name, don't they? Yeah. As an expeditionary, but they're so intentional about it. Yeah. And I, I think, again, we all can learn from that example. You, yeah. you, you have to plan it. You have to be intentional. Now you're triggering lots of memories in me of taking kids camping I remember almost burning down a shelter belt one time, but oh, Lord. We, we survived. But I, I had four kids almost drown on me one time. So oh yeah, there, there's dangers in, involved. <laughs> and of course, I was young and stupid, but young and stupid enough to do it. Now, let me tell you, though, 
even those experiences that were almost disastrous, but they didn't turn out, you know, we survived. The relationships that came out of those trips, that's taking kids who no one ever took them camping. In fact, I remember driving down the highway in a car and one of the kids was screwing around and the biggest, toughest kid of the bunch, and he was big and tough. I wouldn't want to dealt with him myself. Mm-hmm. He just said, hey, you knock it off. He said, no one ever takes us out of town. <laughs> no one's ever take, no one ever took me camping. Don't mess us up. And I saw that kid, oh, three or four years later in a city park. And sad but true, he he drove his motorcycle right across the grassy lawn of that beautiful park just so he could say hi to me. Oh, I love it. <laughs> because I took him camping. And, and you know what? In, did I ever have trouble with him in school after that? Not, not a wink. Not yeah. a, you know, he, he, we, we were... We were connected. Yeah. And it was nature was part of it. And but it was the intentional it's effort the intentional to do it. Piece. Yeah, I, was going, I was going back and reviewing all my notes for our session tonight. And I had intention or some form of that word written like five times on my notes that came out of Alicia's mouth. Right. Just the role of intentionality and and the importance of it in all that you do. Right. They were intentional about their their shift to bringing kind of, you know, neurobiological concepts into their school intentionally shifting away from fear um and then you know i think she even stated like that theme of intentionality became their through line in all things which is no needed it goes back to my favorite father richard Rohr quote is you you can't think your way to a better you can't think your way to a new way of living but you can live your way to a better way of thinking um I probably butchered, I butchered that quote maybe, but it's close. Um, but you got to be intentional and you got to act. Yeah. And then you can make change. Yeah. And thinking, your, thinking your way won't do it. It's not going to do it. And I, you know, and I really love that interview because I, I, I have actually been a consultant with that school for three years. And so just, you know, watching, watching that system shift has been beautiful. Um, and they're doing good work. They're doing good work. So I really enjoyed the interview and I was grateful that she gave us her time and that they took the risk, right? To build a school in the downtown. You know, in the, uh, you know, I, I got to meet four of those teachers just today and you, you knew that meeting yeah. was at, oh, we, yeah. we yeah. attend our meeting, but I, I got to meet four of them and you can tell they're, they're on that mission. Yeah. Um, they were, yeah, it was really, really fun to meet them and, and yep. see what they're doing. And every what, what I really meant to say about that is they're not satisfied. No. They're taking the neurobiological piece to a whole nother level. Yep. And and it's infused throughout their school. A lot of it, you know, thank you for for your leadership that got them to this point. But they're not satisfied that th- that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, I appreciate the the thanks because it's been it's been a journey, but they've done all the work. It's their it's their leadership, and uh, and it's you know, yeah, the, the importance of of leaders putting their staff first. I think is also what Alicia kind of showed us, right? Of she can focus on her staff, so the staff can focus on the kids. Yeah, haven't we learned that lesson? Yeah, exactly. Have we learned that lesson in our work? Exactly. Don't, you don't even need to talk about the kids. I know. Just well, take yeah. 
I mean, obviously we care about the kids, but you you take care of the adults, the kids will be taken care of. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing everywhere. That the first focus is, is your, your adults, your staff. Yep. And, you know, in episode eight, I believe with uh, Dr. Perry, now then, you know, Dr. Perry, episode eight and Bobby Jean, episode nine, for both of us, I think were really fun. Not that our other ones weren't really fun, but we have, you, I mean, you have known Dr. Perry uh, as a friend for years, right? You grew up together and and I grew up with Bobby. So to interview our two close childhood friends, I mean, was so cool. So cool. But Bruce talked about that very clearly. And I think that uh, that's something that I'm extremely grateful for um, in his recent work is just the, the prioritizing of the adults. And he has said numerous times, even even about kind of in the midst of this COVID, right? Like there are so many people that are like fixated on the learning loss. Yeah. And he just openly states, he doesn't care of like, the irony in all of this, everybody, is that if you skip taking care of your staff, if you skip getting everyone regulated, their learning loss is gonna be worse. You can't, you can't bypass it an easy fix and i just i'm just grateful that he just says it the way it is right and it makes us feel better about starting school in the fall where if people are really listening and and really paying attention to their staff and their kids they realize catch up catching up is a fool's errand yeah i i actually loved his metaphor he said you know, we've been through a really hard year. We're, we're a car that's leaking yeah. oil and barely moving. We got 50 miles to go and we we got enough gas to get there, but we might blow up the engine. So don't speed up, slow yeah. down. I love that. And that back off. That uh, analogy was the one that Courtney, who won the backpack, that's what she put on the Instagram post that she goes, I loved the car analogy. <laughs> oh, there you go, Courtney. There you go. Um, Courtney, if you ever grew up in North Dakota, you'd know how important that analogy is because you're 50 miles from nowhere all the time. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then the other, God, there are so many things about this interview that I, that I also really enjoyed. But I think one thing that I have been saying for quite some time because of the work that I do with you, Steve, right, is just for myself professionally, the lights didn't come on, right? The, the, the pieces didn't fit in the puzzle until several years ago when I realized how much of a privileged curiosity is to our kids. Yeah. Right. And I remember you kind of teaching the cycle of learning for the first time and me sitting there like, excuse my French, holy shit, it is not a level playing field. And I, I think I knew that, but to, to learn about it from a, um, a brain lens is what I needed. And then hearing Dr. Perry, right, one of the smartest people I know, within the first five minutes of this episode say, I was not a studious student. I was a curious student. Yeah. And look, and look where he's at. Yeah. But he, I, well, and he absolutely was. He's the most, well, that's one reason I had to pitch in and ask a bit about more about that, too, because yeah. he was the most curious friend I had. And even at a teenage level, I knew it. And it rubbed off on us to make us more curious. 
And but I, I going back to what you just said, I was not a studious student. I was a curious student. Boy, we need to make more curious students. Yeah, absolutely. We need um, to it happen. Well, and, and I know a lot of folks, if you're listening, you've probably already um, purchased his new book that's been out for about two, two weeks. Um, but I do want to just put another plug in there for the book of What Happened to You. It is so well-written, so digestible. Um, and the back and forth flow that him and Oprah use is, is genius. Um, so if you have not already purchased it, I, already, I, bought, I just bought 181 copies for my school district. I didn't, my boss, Jessica O'Meara did. Um, <laughs> my mom has the book and she's read it in under, under a week. Um, Good. It's good. Anyway, I had to plug that um, that piece. Now, speaking of curiosity, that is the through line between his episode and Bobby Jean's, which was episode number nine. Um, and I think I, I think we even titled it like "Dancing Your Way to Curiosity." Oh yeah. You know, there was something about her her interview left me speechless so often. And she was speechless so often, but not because she didn't know what to say. I I thought she was the most interesting person to interview because we both had to learn to listen. Yeah. She was so present yeah. in the moment and she was never in a hurry to answer. That's like, what do you do in a podcast when it's, we had to let silence happen and silence yeah. is powerful. Wow, we actually had a session on silence so that's a yeah. topic for a different day yeah but didn't you notice how bobby's so pensive so contemplative maybe um i, I just kept waiting for her answer but then i finally got yeah. used to it and i knew she i knew it was coming and yeah. and i don't know if that's her um dance background or or just who she is as a person but i, I found it just to be present i found that presence very fascinating yeah and uh, and then I don't know. Her whole life is is very fascinating. Yeah. It was. Um, and another thing that you know, um, there was a certain level of sacrifice. You know, for Bobby Jean. You know, she's got a shoot. She's got a documentary made about her. She's pretty famous in the dance world. Mm -hmm. But she has struggled and suffered, and worked through really hard decisions. Mm -hmm. But even at the personal cost of, you know, even leaving behind a very, very close boyfriend in Israel, she, she had her vision yeah, and, and she didn't let go of it. And then look how it, she, she yeah. got the guy anyway. So it turned out great. Yeah. But, she got the guy and, uh, but you're right. I think for her, that, that sense of presence is that is just the raw and unfiltered and just blatant reality that if the mind the body are connected how it's designed to be connected you're going to be present yeah and well, I, so. yeah and i appreciate that she said you know in school even for her as a dancer which i felt ironic like even as a dancer, there have been times that she hasn't felt connected, but you're supposed to be in your body. But just for her to say, you know, in schools, we have, we have gone 
pretty far away from connecting those two. Right. And yeah, that, that was a big takeaway. Yeah. That, that's a huge takeaway. And, and that's an, another, you know, important aspect to being understanding neurodevelopment, understanding the place of movement rhythm yeah. in the, in the whole tapestry of education has, I don't even know, Jessica, I wouldn't even know if I say it's been lost. I think it needs to be found. Uh, I don't know if it was ever there, maybe much more in a one room country schoolhouse or a, yeah. you know, way back, but the institution of school really took a lot of that away. Uh, it was a lot of sit still, behave, listen, soak. Yeah. And, and with Bobby Jean, we get the opposite. We get, get active get in rhythm, mm -hmm. explore. She's, yeah, I don't know if anyone has seen her, seen her documentary, but she's clearly exploring territory that a lot of people aren't willing to go to. Yeah. And, and yet what a rich, what a richly warm, almost common person she is. <laughs> she's uncommonly common. And, and, uh, it almost took me back after watching her documentary. I, I was <laughs> just wasn't sure how I would approach Bobby Jean, and and she was just the most affable, easy to talk to person ever. So, um, but why does why is she that way? It, it's because of movement and dance and and a, yeah. a really great development that happened to her over many years of time. Yeah, and well, well it's interesting. My favorite part. Um, of that interview actually did not make the podcast. So essentially what happened is that after we, we stopped recording, um, I recorded that episode in Ames, Iowa, which is where Bobby and I both grew up. Um, we went to St. Cecilia school. And of course, when my mom found out that, I, that Bobby was going to be um, on zoom, I mean, my mom was literally just like sitting at the top of the stairs until I gave her permission to come down. <laughs> So she, she runs downstairs and, you know, her and Bobby talk about people that are really good at being present. So her and my mom just talked for another 30 minutes and we didn't, we, we, we recorded some of it. Um, but they went more into that presence piece um, about how if you are present mind and body, it gives you permission to just be. And we need to give permission to our teachers to just be. And we started laughing and, you know, and Bobby was like, you know, what would happen your group of students if you just said you know what come to school tomorrow well what are we doing tomorrow we're literally going to do nothing right <laughs> like, like well, kids want to know what to do right of like there's just the, the, the grind of the day-to-day -day going back to kind of what you said what during we were kind of reflecting on bruce's of like there's just we've taken away and created this box that's hard just to be and so that I wish it would have made the podcast, but I want to make sure that I said it. <laughs> Doesn't that, that remind you of Bruce's story of, of visiting the, the First Nations? Oh, yeah. He was with, you know, a, a very well-intentioned government employee who wanted to build a bridge to of some sort to the First Nations and, and wanted, you know, a, a meaningful connection, but he wanted it to do it his way and didn't really have the same growing up experience with Indigenous people that Bruce had. So when they sit down with the elders who are, according to this guy, 15 minutes late, but to the elders, they're not late at all. They come when it's time and they just, and they are willing to sit 
and yeah. just sit in that circle. And then each yeah. of them gets to talk. And this poor guy is going crazy um, because we're not punctual. We're not on the clock. We only got two hours, blah, blah, blah. And in the end, he goes, we got to go. He gets up to leave and Bruce goes, I'm not going. Yeah. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. I'm just going to be. I'm just going to be present. Yeah. I that's a, that's, that was a good connection. And then he got, he got a nice dinner out of it and he got a, got to sleep overnight because he had no ride back to Edmonton. So, the... <laughs> but they got him home. And then... Thank heavens for Walmart. Someone needed to go there. There we go. There we go. There yeah. we go. Um, well, listen, it's, it's hard to believe that we're nine episodes in. This will be our 10th one, obviously with this reflective association uh, session, but I'm, I'm grateful, Rainer, that you took this plunge with me. Wow. Who knew, who knew in 2011? No, when did we meet? 2014. Banff, Canada. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. If you would have known this was going to happen, I'm sure you would have ran the other way. I, I, I had no idea. I'm old. I don't know what, but you know what? I want to tell you what a rich experience this is for me. Yeah. I've learned more interesting things podcasting than I have in a long, long time. Yeah, I love it. And I am not, and uh, I am an old dog, but I can learn new tricks. And, and I'm really grateful to you for pushing me into this. And I, I, I recommended a friend who just retired from teaching tonight. I said, yeah, don't be afraid to think about podcasting. If you want a new adventure and you're going to start some, something new, man, it's a great way to learn. Yeah. Well, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. And I, I feel like when it comes to people, I think both of us are the same. We're very curious. Mm -hmm. We want to know their story. And I hope everyone who tunes into this podcast realizes that's always our mission mm -hmm. is to extract the story. Yeah. And in that story are many gold, little gold nuggets that we're privy to and get to enjoy so much. So I'm, I'm a happy camper. I'm a yeah. happy podcaster. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for the journey and to our listeners. Thank you. Thank you for giving us again your time. It's it's a busy world, but we appreciate it. Um, yeah, we appreciate it. Listeners are, are a gift to us. Yeah. The training car is just a laughing at the sunset's cold as hell cause the devil takes a back roll. Power walls, a window, and a swing set can't explain what it takes to make a house a home. Begging by wrong, so wrong. Oh, I know it's calling.